0: Welcome to the Aviva podcast. Today, you'll hear from Danny Harmer, Aviva's Chief People Officer, and James Miller, editor of WorkingDads.co.uk, and author of the book, Dadstone Babysit. In this episode of the Aviva podcast, we'll be talking about flexible working. The new school year has begun for many children, and in the UK, Aviva offers parents half a day's leave to spend with their child as they start a new school. Many businesses offer family-friendly policies aimed at improving employee work-life balance, flexible working, parental leave, time off for carers, sabbaticals, duvet days and more. But to what extent has COVID-19 and lockdown changed what workers to expect from their employer with regards to a flexible working schedule? So James, what message does it send when an employer has a policy to give parents half a day's leave when their child starts a new school?
1: I just, it's an interesting policy I think this year because it's not as good as previous years, because <laughs> previous years, uh, people would really appreciate having that time off while they're in school. Obviously, at the moment, most people, a lot of people, are still working from home, so they're around to do the pick up and drop off. So, uh, but you know, that doesn't detract from it. But I think its its value is as a signpost. It's, it, it's that thing of saying this is these are our values. You know, it's it's a massive easy way I'm doing your job for you should be saying this bit but
2: I love a, it when you say it, it. just
1: feels <laughs> like a, a massive very easy big way of saying this is who we are and you know we understand that you have those responsibilities yeah. outside of work as a, even this year where it's perhaps not quite such a, a generous gift as it might have been in previous years in some ways the message is perhaps even more important this year than other years because people have so many more concerns outside right. of work because there's much more going on.
2: I think you were right James that people it it doesn't necessarily feel as much of a sort of impactful to the parent or carer the half day because people are now working much more flexibly. Mm-hmm. But I almost think it's more important this year to just pause and go. So for children who are going to school for the first time, it's it's actually they probably they probably would have been in nursery and they haven't been in that. They haven't seen their friends, they haven't interacted with with other children in that way for ages Mm -hmm. I almost worry most about the children who were already in school and are just going back to the school but haven't been there since March you know my uh, youngest child is 14 and being a 14 year old girl I don't remember because I'm really old but But judging by her, it can be quite a complicated thing to be. Uh Um, I know there are hormones and girls and Instagram and Snapchat. And I'm missing out all the stuff that I, you know, she'd be mortified that I was even talking about it. But being out of that environment and in a much easier home for, you know, six months and then going back into it. I worry about those children. I think that half day. Is really important, and also just getting into school now is going to be complicated. Do you need to yeah. wear a face covering? How are you getting there? Do you have to queue to get in? You're in a bubble in your year. Are you taking food? Just it's it's tougher. So yeah. whilst people might have found it easier to manage around that half day, I think it's even more important that we say this is a tough time for our young people.
1: Yeah, I think, I think that speaks to the ongoing support as well. Again, you know, the half day is perhaps not that. Bigger deal in a, in a practical sense because you're around anyway. But again, that message it sends, as you say, I mean, my daughter's the same. She's 12. Uh, you know, the last six months have been lovely. Her and her brother have been knocking around fine. But I know the peer pressure kicks in when she goes back to school on Friday. Peer pressure is going to be back in the picture. And that's when you have, as you say, those issues that you need to deal with Snapchat and all that. And that will interact with your work life. You can't just sit at your desk and forget that your daughter's having a hard time with you know, I don't know, it's not even, I don't know what they do on there, frankly, but (laughs) (laughs) um, I probably ought to pay more attention, eh? But, um, but, you know, it sends that message that, you know, it's understood that you have these issues out with work um, and they are important.
0: Some groups of people like working parents have found it challenging in lockdown to juggle working from home with caring or parenting. So what can supportive employers do to make that easier? And James, let's come to you first. Well, I think, you know, it's something that actually I think a lot of us have learned
1: to appreciate through lockdown in lots of different ways. But I think the first thing I would always go to is communication. You know, I think we've all learned uh, household communication is really important through lockdown, but communication between employers and employees. And that works both ways. I mean, uh, we're talking about employers supporting parents, but parents have also got to talk to their employers and say, here's what I need. Help me. So I think communication is a big one. And the other one is empathy. Again, it's, it's just a nice human thing (laughs) it's nice to be empathetic Um, but you know try and understand what your employees are going through and and help them accordingly and you know that comes down to people who've been there and done it are more likely to be empathetic to their employees I would suggest Um, and there's lots of we can talk about that and why that's important why you should have parents in visible positions in your company and uh, perhaps women, because as a rule, women have to uh, or traditionally have had to do more juggling than men. That's something that very much I'm trying to change with uh, Working Dads and, and with my book. But yeah, I think, you know, I, I can talk about more more practical steps and maybe we'll come on to that. But the two sort of big overarching themes, I think, are, are communication and empathy.
2: I think that's, that's a really good point, James. And communication, absolutely. Um, there were lots of conversations, you know, within Aviva. And I saw them outside of Aviva during the early and middle part of lockdown about communication and I think everybody agreed you couldn't over communicate. I think we have the, you know, empathy absolutely right, um, reassurance as well just to build on that empathy. I understand and please try not to worry, we will support you, do what you can to support the customer, your organisations as well as managing what you're managing at home and the been there and done it is is a fascinating one because I think I am a much better leader since i had children and there are some amazing leaders who haven't had children don't want to have children and i'm sure there are some slightly less great leaders who have had children but for me from my start point of where i was to where i am children teach you so much and learning to juggle and make choices and be happy with the choices you make uh, it's you know for sure, I, I wholeheartedly support that, James.
1: Yeah, I think it's an interesting one, and you have to be very careful when how, when you approach it, but it's that, it's the thing that, again, we've been discussing to some extent through, through lockdown, uh, what they call the mental load, that is not just doing stuff around the house, but thinking about it, so knowing when your child has PE day, and when they need a packed lunch, and all that sort of stuff, and traditionally that has fallen on women, you know, we don't want to get into the whether that's right or wrong or, or whatever, but that's just the world as it is. And we've got to deal with that uh, and then try and change it for the better. Um, and a lot of men have been thrown into that in the last few months who had never done any of this before, which has obviously been a really interesting experiment um we've been running a series on um, working dads which of course you know because you contributed it to it <laughs> called working dads in lockdown yeah uh, and there's been some really interesting themes beginning to emerge and one of them is the number of men who didn't realize just how much was going on in the house that they weren't doing um but then they had to because they were at home but also we've had a few saying exactly what you're saying there is that they're actually they've learned new skills in lockdown which they're now taking back to the workplace uh, and to some extent, you know, they wish they'd had those skills much earlier. And th- this sounds like I'm just this sounds like I'm I'm just <laughs> sling for Aviva here, but of course, Aviva are very good at this because of course you offer the uh, the extended uh, parental leave, which gets dads involved. And and again, you know, I know a huge number of dads in Aviva take the yeah. extra paternity leave and are involved from the off. Uh, and uh, you know, that's how we. Um, You know that's how we we change things, and that's how you support parents more widely, even beyond lockdown, is you help them, let them get involved from the very beginning.
2: I was was talking to um, a member of my team who's come back from um, six months parental leave today. Is a dad, Um, and you know the first question was, um, you know, how has it been? Have you enjoyed it? And he said. I think I just understand my child better and in a way that I just wouldn't have done if I'd been going to and from work. And as you say, quite often that responsibility um, falls to the mum and times have definitely moved on since, you know, my children are 18, 16, 14. Now Um, my husband got two weeks paternity because he was with a really nice
0: employer.
2: Mm, Yeah. and I remember one of my girlfriends saying when I was pregnant with Mia, my eldest, uh, and I just she'd had a child. And I said, how how are you managing? Because like me, she worked. And she said, you know, her husband she said, my husband is really supportive. But there's something about it's coming back to your point about mental load, James. She said, my husband doesn't have this kind of whirring voice in his head going. Do their shoes still fit? Do their toenails need clipping? Does their hair need a cut? when when what you know have they got the right kit have they got the right lunch there's 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 a difference in the way that people certainly approached you know parenting and I think if we can help with that balance by providing time for both parents to get involved that's a good thing right and I do think you you learn new skills (laughs)
1: yeah and and to be clear it's not a not a gender thing that's the thing you know in my house i'm i take the mental load i'm the one who works part-time and and freelance and partner works full-time um so i'm a bit weird in that regard but again the sort of the the aviva um extra parental leave is sure that men want it that's the thing you pay it if you provide it men will take it so it's not that there's some sort of men don't want to spend time with their kids um you've just got to lay it on and, and give them the opportunity and they will and you know that improves everything for everyone that's the thing it's not just about <laughs> letting men have time with their kids I mean this is you know like I say I, I'm not here to uh, necessarily just speak up for Aviva this is stuff that was in my book uh, I'd like to think that some somebody at Aviva read it and went that's a good idea let's do that uh, but I think the two sort of happened about the, the same time um but you know it's better for women because then they can get on with their careers um it's better when you know some horrific pandemic arrives and everyone goes into lockdown it's better because the, the work in the home is more equally shared and everyone can get through it better um, you know it, it's just better for everyone is, is <laughs> it's very there's not many policies that are but this one I really think is
2: yeah and it, and it feeds through into role modeling as well so mm. you know I I am really proud that I've got two girls and a boy that my girls assume that workload around the house is shared both parents can have an interesting career if they want you know if they want all of this is you know if you want to and that you know you you kind of work through it as a as a partnership and i think you know certainly having been a girl i think it's it has until now been particularly important for girls to see that that balance
1: yeah, although it is on, on, on one half of it in the sense it's important yes. to see the, the career side of it, but there's a, a thing called the State of the World's Father's Report that comes out every two years, which has shown that um, it's really important for boys to see their dads doing housework.
0: Yeah,
1: They'll do it as well. They'll Again, they'll regard it, you know, just as the girls will regard think you can have a career, but boys see that dads do stuff around the, the, the house and they will then copy that behavior and you get that sort of equality. And again, as you say, that, that role model, thing is really important in terms of having men doing flexible working, um, dads doing flexible working. If you look at the stats, um, there's a huge number of women who um, have flexible working arrangements, but the numbers for men are like less than 10%. But that's not true. It's that men have informal flexible working arrangements. They won't go and say to their line manager, I want to work flexibly. They'll say, can I get off early to go and pick up the kids on a Friday? And nothing's ever signed, so it doesn't show up in the figures. Yeah. But, um, it's really important. And again, I don't want to be I sound like I should be the Aviva guy here. but obviously you've got the, the high profile, <laughs> you've got a high profile um, job share guys, you know, and I know you you share cases of when when guys do take uh, extra paternity leave, you're you're very good at advertising it and role modeling it. Um so I think that as you say, role models are really important. and when it comes yeah. to flexible working, we need more men and more dads not just doing flexible working but signing the agreements and standing up and saying I'm going flexible because I want to spend more time with my kids because I need to do more around the house and talking about why they're doing it and how it doesn't hold them back because yeah. it doesn't we know that
2: no we but I mean uh, it's it's lovely to hear that you're a big fan of Aviva James but we are far, we're far from perfect obviously there's always more we could do and interestingly Um, we have you know several communities at work that look at sort of diversity and inclusion and one of them is our carers network and it's the network that arguably apart from the gender balance network should have probably the the most people in it Mm. and yet it's not that well subscribed people follow and engage with it but there's something about almost there's some stigma about being a carer because you have to kind of try and manage it on the quiet and it's not interfering with my job and we've just got to you know it's like the conversation we had at the beginning you've got to turn it back on its head and go actually I'm probably better at what I do because of the things I've learned through my life through being a carer and um one of the conversations we had sort of carers week I think it's in June and I said we just need this like loud and proud you know people are people we've encouraged people to come out as lgbt plus i want people to come out as carers you know hashtag i am a carer and i'm proud of it and it's not something i have to hide because when i talk to um women who um are in leadership roles or um who've said you know will you mentor me and they go do you have children yes How many do you have three and they go oh my god how do you manage it and you know they want people want out loud proud role models talking about your experience about how to cope with conflicting priorities right
1: mm-hmm. it has to be all levels and as i said it has to be role models and there has to be you know you standing up there saying look i'm, I'm doing this but obviously you're successful yeah. <laughs> there's an element of some people go well she's got that because she's got think- <laughs> off." you know but what you also need is people at all levels yeah doesn't feel like it's a, uh, you know, it's not something you have to get to the top to get this flexible working. You can have it at all levels. So again, the role models right throughout any organisation, top to bottom. So it just seems very normal. It's not something you have to earn over years. Um, It's something you can have from day one.
2: I agree. And I I mean, I remember reading um, Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Yes yes and I read it you know and it's it's a fascinating insight from a woman on leadership but back to your point about it needs to be at all levels she has been incredibly successful right and her approach to managing being a carer and having a family as well as you know a, a very demanding job is not accessible for most of us you know it's the kind of army <laughs> and I went I'm not sure that helps me you know and I'm sure there are lots of people it doesn't help so you're absolutely right about it. you just need to have it at all levels and you know Earlier on in my career, the way I managed it with younger children and I was earning less and, you know, the demands were different, it changes every day, right?
1: Yeah. But I think that's important as well, is that a lot of stuff I do, um, and, and you know, we're, we're talking about it here, is obviously the Aviva paternity policy and all that sort of stuff is, is good. But, you know, being a dad, being a parent doesn't stop when they get to nursery or school or whatever. And there's been some interesting research amongst um, men in particular who who seem to you know there's limited research unfortunately into to men and dads and i understand why that is but uh, i'm obviously i am a great believer that this is sort of the last part of the feminist puzzle that we need to actually think about men and dads to achieve equality um but there seems to be a lot of men seem to regard the switch from primary to secondary school as quite an important moment and that's when they need to be around for their family they don't necessarily you know they they recognize um you know those early weeks and obviously but there's sort of when you talk to some of this research has looked at when men would like to be able to work flexibly. Um, a surprisingly large proportion cite this change from primary to secondary school. And of course that is a big, you know, that's a big big change in your child's life. And after that, to some extent, there aren't any as a parent. I mean, God knows it, it never ends as, as as you know better than me, because yours are slightly older than, than mine, but um, in terms of sort of being around and, and being around to help your kids I guess that is sort of the last one you know I suppose you go into exams and stuff but that yeah. that change and it's interesting um, that it's not just about babies and paternity leave it is uh, you know flexible working and, and parenting and flexible working is something that has to go again right through uh, and then of course yeah you, you, you might then become a carer one way or another uh, not long after that so it's yeah it, flexible working just needs to be the norm um, right the way through I just okay. and,
2: and what i've found is that as they get older the questions and what they need help with mm-hmm. becomes much more challenging for you as a parent you know when the, when they're their little warm safe food loved actually you know having had support from a childcare perspective as a parent of a very young child you kind of, this sort of wrench, this physical wrench of asking somebody else to make sure your baby is fed and sleeps and warm. Actually, that has, as long as they are safe and loved, that has, I think, much less impact on them and and how they develop than you being there the first time they ask questions, such as, (laughs) it can be wide ranging, uh, where does meat come from? I remember one of the, one of the ones that uh, my eldest <laughs> daughter was like, "Where does meat come from? And my husband, it's legend in our family. He went, "Go and ask your mother. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I told her, but I actually, I did want her to know you know where meat comes from and how or you know, what happens when somebody dies, or mm-hmm. does God exist? Actually, those are far more challenging and they tend to come in in the sort of you know after the baby stage so yeah the questions the questions just keep getting more challenging can you help me with my maths homework if they're doing a level let me tell you right now the answer is no I'm sorry I can't
1: (laughs) I mean again I'll I'll bow to your greater experience but it feels like we're sort of just going into the, the teenage years and you know a couple of things there one is time seems quite important is being able to carve out that time obviously everything went bad last year but for the my daughter's first few terms at secondary school I was able on a Wednesday I would go down and work in a coffee shop because I'm freelance and I get to work in coffee shops when we had coffee shops and she would come and meet me after school and you just created this space where she felt quite grown up but you had sort of half an hour an hour to sort of talk about stuff and again that's the benefit of all right my case being freelance um, all the stuff I do with working dads is entirely flexible but you know you can create that that space. And also what you said about carers and interfering with your job. It's not it, it is going to interfere with your job. If that's the word you want to choose, it's going to interact with your job because you can't just walk away. Like you say, if your, your child asks you some question, you know, whatever it might be. and Heaven knows in the last six months, there's been certainly people with younger children. God, there's been some questions. You can't just switch that off and sit at your desk you know, because you're thinking, did I answer that the right way? Or you're thinking, I've got to answer this question later on. And that's OK, because, you know, work and life, well, there's a fairly, I wouldn't say fiery, but there's an interesting discussion around whether the, the phrase work-life balance is actually any <sighs> useful. I
2: hate that phrase, James, <laughs> because it implies work isn't part of life. <laughs> ah, it,
1: well, I'll, I'll go into bat for it, because I think it, it's quite <laughs> a, Come uh, on, man. <laughs> It's quite a useful shorthand, I think. I, I take your point, absolutely, that, you know, yes, as you say, I mean, to some extent, it, what I'm saying fits with what you're saying about work-life balance is that the two actually have to fit together and they're not separate. I like the shorthand and I like the idea of getting things in balance. I, I don't know. Um, the balance I'm,
2: I'm bit I am not going to fall
1: out about it, but no. you know, I, I'm interested in the discussion. I'm willing to be persuaded that actually it's a- <laughs> It's a, it's a bad term, but, um, you know, if you're a carer, whether that's to a child or an elderly relative or, or you know, somebody with a disability or whatever, it's inevitably going to interact with your work life. You know, that's where flexible working comes in as an employer that understands that. It doesn't mean you can't work. It doesn't mean you're not good at your job. It doesn't mean you can't commit and, and achieve the outputs, which is increasingly what I think we need to be measuring yeah. uh, in this post-COVID world.
2: And I think, interestingly, you know, on the COVID lockdown point, if there are some good things that have come out of, you know, what is a, a you know, mm-hmm. terrible situation. People talk about COVID has Im- improved or, you know, created a kind of an impetus around flexible working. I think actually what has happened with COVID and lockdown is that it's increased the flexibility around the location of where you work. That's what COVID did. Then people have realized, well, I'm at home all day. I know what the work is that I need to get done. I can stop for lunch, right, with my children. Or actually, I have to homeschool my child this afternoon. I've got some things I need to do this evening. And that, so the start point was the location. And then the demands of family or other things that that people um, need to do has created this awareness around, I'm paid to get the work done and I need to get the work done, but actually I can do it in a slightly different way and you then start to think right so as people choose to spend some time depending on the organization no time in you know on a sort of continuum back in offices Mm. um what will happen you know what what i would love to see happen is that people understand if they have care responsibilities either children or you know elderly relatives or what previously wouldn't have been possible which is I really need to pop and see my elderly mother for lunch twice a week just to make sure she's all right but by the time i do that it's an hour each way and then half an hour with her i can't do it whereas on the days where i'm at home i can Mm. you know that we we can start to better blend and you know you can do your half an hour in a coffee shop and and pick your daughter up from school on a wednesday um even if you're not freelance Mm. um because on wednesday quite often you're working from home and that's fine you go and do that, you have supper with your family, and then you you pick up where you left off.
1: Yeah, I, I think that's, that's where we want to be getting to. I think also it's a huge challenge. I think we're beginning to understand the challenge of, you know, I, I sort of talk about flexibility and true flexibility and being able to do what's right for you. But there is going to be issues, like you say, as, as people go back to offices. I think a lot of people want to be able to go back to an office, not five days a week, but, you know, one or two, three days a week. But they've got to make sure they're in the office at the same time as the people... That they need to be in the office with <laughs> and suddenly yeah. you go, that, that's going to be quite a logistical headache uh, I, it's a it's manageable uh, and i'm sure you know you and and people like you and all sorts of organizations are trying to think about that now but i just i think it's going to be a challenge and it's it's one that i think we need to be aware of and that we need to take on because i think there'll be some companies who will be much more willing to go well, it's just easier to have everybody in nine to five and then now i know where everyone is or the other thing actually say. Everyone at home, and we can just zoom whenever we want, and that's the easiest thing,
2: yeah. But each one misses out, yeah, on something, doesn't it? Yeah, Uh, and you know, the being remote and being on screens and being in two dimensions, the sort of creativity, collaboration, just some of the joy of people at work. You know, I miss it for sure. Whereas, if I am going to spend a day doing emails, writing a couple of papers, you know on calls Aviva and I might as well not have me commute unless you know there's a bit less bit less commuting a bit less environmental damage I get home a bit earlier I leave home leave home I walk into another room a bit later we I'm sure most people kind of split the commuting time with them and their you know there's there's Mm -hmm. potential for upside for everyone I think we just need to have adult conversations about either the kind of job I do and or the work I do within my job where is the best place for that to be done for me for my customers for the organization where is it most effective all round when you take that into account but we do need to remember the organization and the customers in it too you know
1: it comes back to that thing of communication doesn't it it's about you know that's the the fundamental thing and one of the other things i think is interesting is trust before lockdown um i would talk to a lot of um, men who were working flexibly and sort of said oh, it was great because you know my employee trusts me like this is this was weird that they would say well you know there's a job to be done within a week or two we'll find out if you're not doing the job at home so you know get on with it we trust you but of course uh, a huge number of employers didn't do that. And they didn't trust people. And I always, you know, it's one of these things that used to drive me nuts. You know, why, who is employing these people that they don't trust to get the job done at home or wherever? I mean, what? it's a very much a recruitment problem, not a flexible working problem. Uh, no, but of course, that's, mean, that's changed now.
2: Yeah, I think, and, and it has, it definitely has kind of bust the myths around people don't work as hard at home. Mm. for sure I, I think that you, you know I had conversations um with a few very few leaders and was on you know sort of other other discussions not not just in Aviva where people saying well when someone's at home how do I know what they're doing and you just have to go right when they were sitting 20 feet away from you in an office looking at a pc screen how did you know what they were doing <laughs> yeah. come on you know these are adults if you have concerns ask somebody just just most people turn up they want to do a good job they really do
1: it's so weird i mean that that whole mindset of you know because you would find out if if you employ somebody and they're not doing their work you're gonna find out pretty quick if you don't find out then you've got some weird non-job that you're hiring somebody for. That's yeah, you
2: can, there's a cost saving for you right there. <laughs> <'Cause>
1: <laughs> that doesn't mean to be helping anybody do, doing that. It's just that mindset, I, I don't know. You know, I can could never quite get my head around it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there's stats out this week now there's going to be an awful lot of research and surveys and things into lockdown and i'll i'll blow my own trumpet for the um working dads and lockdown series that we've been running on on working dads because it actually i would suggest a bit more interesting some of the dodgy old surveys that have been coming out (laughs) um but the one one that caught my eye this week was about productivity which is uh and it was quite a big one it wasn't it was american but it was a big big survey to be fair so it seemed fairly robust um, but it, it's it's not changed, essentially. It's like um, two-thirds reported that productivity was the same and about a quarter were reporting that producti- productivity had actually gone up which to those of us, you know, if you read my book, we make the claim that productivity will go up if people work flexibly. It's, it's very gratifying to see that that has now come to pass. But yeah, people, you know, will get the work done and they, they will, to some extent, they might even get it done more effectively because they want to be able to go and have the evening with their kids or, you know, whatever, do their hobby, whatever, you know, go and train for a marathon if we ever have marathons again. But, you know, um, so yeah, I think we've fairly comprehensively busted the idea that, that working from home leads to a drop in productivity and just people sitting around drinking coffee and
2: listening. Yeah, to- no, I mean, if if anything, as well as you know the point you make about people should be able to, and technology enables it, right? People should should be able to be as productive, depending on the kind of work they're doing. I think the creativity and collaboration is is trickier. Actually, sometimes what I worry about is that people are working harder from home because all of the boundaries that existed have gone and certainly when we were on sort of full-on lockdown and um, there wasn't you know there wasn't necessarily a lot else to do so well I might as well and people you know I did see people getting exhausted there's also something about working in this way all the time just looking at a screen that can be very wearing for people but yeah I I think um, productivity in terms of a big proportion of what we view as work should be possible to do from any location if you give people the right technology
1: but that's where the reassurance comes in as well again is that people sometimes felt they had to keep working yeah whereas actually you need to say look it, it's fine we understand it's a strange situation do what you can or, or you know here's the output a lot of it comes back to um an increasing focus around all this is line managers um who are you know trained to support people and trained to buy into flexible working and i think before the pandemic the sort of the risk reward calculation for line managers was weighted towards well the risk of letting somebody letting somebody work from home or whatever you, you know they had too much to lose it was often the way it felt in, in an organization with a uh, a less than enlightened attitudes whereas now we've obviously got the experience of working from home uh, and the, the risk reward calculation i think is is altered um, i hope so anyway but i do think line managers are uh, you know support reassurance all that stuff i think line managers come Come, but keep doing that
2: line managers are absolutely key and they're key when people are worried they're key when people think there's this sort of ambiguity when they're anxious and when things are changing and there was a sort of you know a, a soup of all of those things going on during lockdown and certainly in the early stages and and we spent a lot of time at Aviva helping leaders understand what impact they could, you know here's how to lead remotely here's how to do a one to and it might sound ridiculous but just pushing masses of information and support and guidance to leaders and just reminding them to make sure that they were checking in with everyone in their team at least once a week great leaders do that anyway
0: mm.
2: but genuinely saying right hi how are you and then you know how's the work going how can I help how can I support what do we need to focus on Uh, And I think the quality of conversations and the connection that our people feel to their leaders and probably the conversations becoming more adult um, Mm. has improved, weirdly, you know, counterintuitively almost when people have been remote.
0: That's all we've got time for on today's Aviva podcast. You can catch up on all things Aviva at aviva.com or our SoundCloud account, Aviva PLC.